Good morning, everyone at Decided Heart Conversations. What a pleasure it is to have Walter Bogan here with us. A couple of things I have to, the things, the projects that he is leading is absolutely incredible. He is the president of Sports Equity that he'll talk about in a little bit, founder of the Sports Industry Academy. Again, he'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, he created a documentary called Wilson's Park Chronicles, and he's currently the director of admissions, outreach, and diversity initiatives at UC Santa Barbara's graduate division. Oh, that's such a long the experience in this room, Walter. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I have to say, um, we, you and I go back quite a bit, but just yes. recently, I watched your documentary, Wilson Park Chronicles, and I, it triggered me. Um, not only for me personally, because I considered myself, I was a student athlete since middle school. I mean, even as a middle-aged woman, I was doing pickup soccer every Sunday. So that identity is such a strong part of who I am. And you really hit that culture of it in the world of baseball. Right. Through this documentary, can you just, just share a little bit about the documentary first and why you, why you decided to, to engage in that project? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that question. So the Wilson Park Chronicles is very dear to my heart, right? So um, it came about because I was watching ESPN. And for those that know ESPN, they have these 30 for 30 document, documentaries. So I pretty much said, you know what? I, I think I have a story to tell about my hometown. So I'm from Vallejo, California, uh, up in the Northern Bay area. And where I grew up, baseball was huge, especially in the African-American community. So um, as folks may know within Major League Baseball, uh, the percentages of African-American players has gone down dramatically, right? So at its peak around in the 70s and 80s, uh, about 30% of African-Americans were playing the game. Now it's below 10%, closer to like 7%. And mm. so the same thing is pretty much happening, not only in my town, but just nationwide. So in my community, as I mentioned, African-Americans, it, it was all about baseball. It wasn't basketball. It wasn't football, which is very popular now, but it was all about baseball. So we've had um, great players to come out of there, like uh, Joey Thurston, uh, CC Sabathia, who just graduated from, I'm sorry, that just retired from the New York Yankees. So I wanted to kind of showcase on a micro level, you know, what was happening in my hometown through uh, interviews you know, just to kind of bring this subject matter, um, you know, to light pretty much, you know, what's happening in Major League Baseball is also happening in these small communities. And, uh, you know, I definitely, one, wanted to bring the issue to light and then also just to highlight my town and just to kind of let folks know that there are some great players that came out of uh, Vallejo, California, especially sure. those individuals that played at Wilson Park. For sure. I, I think for me, it's like uh, what I identify is that there's a Wilson Park everywhere yes and that the sense of belonging and a sense of community when an entire community not just the players but their families and sharing this you know the celebration of sports and what sports can do to a community and to a sense of self was just so empowering so i think about my wilson park in fontana right so you know i just again like just if you have the time it's so worth it, it it's really an incredible documentary we'll share that in the link appreciate that yeah, it's so and, and thinking about that, as I listen to that, I, I'm, I can feel it. I can, we all have that 
I think most of us have that feeling going back to being a part of sports, either watching it or participating in it, the community feeling. Walter, what's happening with athletes right now? Because that's gone. We have people who I've heard parents, my age, my kids are all uh, teens. I have a 19 year old, 17 year old and 15 year old all in sports. And I'm hearing from parents like, wow, I wish I would have known that the last time I was going to see my kid play baseball was going to be in 2019. I didn't go to as many games as I wanted to. And then their senior year was gone. And what are you seeing happening in the sports world right now with teens? Um, I'm just seeing that, you know, there's a, a loss of connection, right? So just growing up that sports angle or just playing sports um, is a lot of our youth. It, it's a lot of our identity, right? So we're losing a lot of the connection. So when we played sports growing up or even currently for the student athletes, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of lessons learned, you know, through that experience. And one is like, for example, camaraderie, right? So a lot of uh, our youth are learning that camaraderie, um, how to, you know, uh, conduct teamwork within their teammates. And, you know, they're just, it's just a part of their identity in general. So when you lose connection, in my opinion, and as well as a part of your identity, that's when a lot of anxiety comes about and, and possibly depression. So I think a lot of the players and maybe even the, um, the parents as well, you know, is affecting them in that capacity. So it's, it's a lot going on, you know, not only for the student athletes, but just for everyone that's involved with, with athletics. For sure. I, you know, in, in my world of college admissions, um, families are saying it's just so heartbreaking to see their very busy athlete constantly moving. Um, all of a sudden have this loss of purpose. Mm. And it was such a drastic shift from movement and busyness and something that they were so passionate about to suddenly being locked in their room, like for hours and hours at a time. And so I think you're hitting the, the mental and emotional health issues. And, and how, I guess the, the desperation is like as parents or educators, when we see that, that shift, how can we best like help our student athletes still hold on to that identity? I don't, is that possible? And we just yeah, shift I, it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the, the, the main thing is just making sure, um, you know, everyone is just there mentally, you know, just making sure the mental health is a huge part of it. I mean, I think playing the sport, although it may be a part of you, is, is secondary, making sure that individual is okay, right? So I think communication is key um, more than ever, not only for the student athlete, the youth, but for the parents as well, right? So definitely have that, um, that talk or communication with your student athletes just to make sure that they're okay. You know, I think that is very very huge. And then also just encouragement is key, right? So whether they continue to play the sport, I think that's maybe important for individuals um, to keep their skills sharp, right? Not necessarily playing games because we know that the pandemic is causing um, folks not to play official games, um, but to keep their skill sharps on that end. But maybe it may take some time for that particular student athlete to say, you know what, I just need a step back and just to kind of really take this thing in and just kind of see how I can deal with it. So that's okay as well. So if it's taking a little longer for someone to 
get back on the field or to practice on the court or whatever it may be, that's okay as well. So I think the communication and just encouragement either way for the student athlete is the way to go. You know, I, I love that. I, I have something that an interesting story I would love your take on and your advice with as far as how we deal with this, because you said communication is key. So about, well, back in late June, I was asked to come in and work with a team of cheerleaders on Zoom in their conversations with one another and lifting each other up and using positive uh, talk and all of that. And in my check-in, I did a check-in, this is again, right after the Black Lives Matter movement started to really take on some steam this, this, this next time around. I mean, I know it started not just this year, but really took, uh, um, uh, had a faster pace. And there was one young woman in that entire group that was African-American. Yes. One. So I went around and I asked everybody, well, how are you doing? And, you know, how, and, and I was like coming from this mindset of, man, there's a lot going on right now. We've got the, all of this going on. And we went through and some of the girls were like, oh, it's great. I'm home and I'm going to the beach every day. And it was and no awareness. And we got to this beautiful young woman and she looked and she said, I am like the tears came and she said, I am exhausted. And I just, I felt like looking around how nobody got it. Like they were, I felt like they were clueless to how emotionally pained she was in that moment. Uh, so I would love your take on it. And then also just an awareness. I mean, there's almost a, a double pandemic going on in some cases for these, for these black or, or um, by, uh, people of color. Yeah. Athletes so I, of color. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, it's, it is a double pandemic, right? There's two pandemics going on, you know, unfortunately. So, and I, again, understand it, it hit me just like it hit her. You know, um, it, it's not just the youth, it's definitely adults as well, right? So I had to take some time off um, during the George Floyd situation, the George Floyd murder. And um, yeah, it just kind of hit me to have to visualize that, you know, it, it, it takes a mental toll, um, especially for, for individuals that are black or um, individuals that are of color. So. I, I totally understand and I think it's an opportunity for students, for everyone just to kind of look at not only sports, but just society in it with a different lens, right? So, um, and I think just look out for, you know, individuals of color, individuals that are black um, because they are exhausted. And that's definitely a symptom that comes out of just what's going on right now in regards to the racial injustice. So mm -hmm. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. You know, the other response too that I hear from the parents part is they just want to get back to normal or they're in their desperation. Like, let me just hit, um, paint a picture where I can show my athlete, oh, we can just get back to normal. And they push the online trainings and these programs and they're saying, well, just get back on to training. Like your coach is having virtual practices twice, twice a week. And they don't understand why these athletes are saying not right now, or no, I don't want to. And I think that what you were um, calling out is that it, it may not be bad that they they're disengaging in their sport that the whether you know what they're relating to in our world 
and how they're relating it to is that sense of rest, grief, um, and redefining where, where does this sport really honestly fall? And I think what an important time, critical time for them to be very still in that. And instead of parents maybe pushing an agenda in the name of being back to normal, that they stay there with them and really yeah. help them kind of grapple with those emotions and thoughts, right? Exactly. I think that's just very important. I mean, just on a human level, right? So these are your kids or relatives or even friends, um, whatever it may be. I think that's just the most important part. As I mentioned before, it's just the communication and just the encouragement one way or the other, whatever that road may be. But this is definitely a time to just sit back and just reflect, you know, reflect on everything, whether it be sports, um, society, um, just racial injustice, whatever it may be. This is definitely a time to sit back and, and just, as I mentioned, reflect on everything because mm -hmm. it's a tough time for everyone. And um, the mental health is the biggest, the biggest thing right now is just to make sure we're all there and just, we get back to normal, yes, but mentally first, right? As opposed to, you know, sports, work, whatever it may be. I think also, oh, sorry, Ellery, go no, ahead. You please. Well, I think what's really exciting about these other programs is um, that you do offer an alternative um, for our, our athletes and even and families that being a player of a sport is amazing and it was you know, fun, the competitive nature of it, but you bring the, um, um, under sports equity, the, the business of sports. Right. So is this an, also an opportunity to say, well, what's on the other side of that field? <laughs> what happens behind the scenes where we see baseball on TV? And, and can you talk more about your, your two programs, sports equity and the um, sports industry academy? Sure. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So, yeah. So kind of looking at sports, you know, not only do we mention that, you know, parents should be communicating with their uh, student athletes, but also um, encouraging them one way or the other. But it's also a good time to look at sports in a different lens as well. Right. So look at it through the business of sports. So with sports equity, sports equity is pretty much the parent company and we run the sports industry academy under sports equity. So what we're trying to do basically is democratize the business of sports. So the way I came about this was I saw in my hometown that a lot of individuals were looking to sports as a way out, right? So having a single-minded pursuit of either getting a scholarship or going to the pros. And if you really do your research, you'll realize that it's very, very, very difficult to get a scholarship, let alone make it to the pros in your particular sport. So I wanted to introduce not only high school students, but college students to the business side of sports. And we created the Sports Industry Academy. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to change as well is somewhat the unwritten formula that is out there, right? So we usually saw individuals, you know, graduate from high school, go to college, then learn about jobs in sports once they graduate from uh, college they go into an unpaid internship maybe do two or three years of an unpaid internship and then get an entry-level position and I was like that's just not a great formula why can't they get that information sooner right so with the sports industry academy I wanted to 
pretty much open up communications, op open up the field to high school students and let them know like, hey, it's okay to learn this information now. Once you get to college, you get that internship and maybe it's a paid internship. And then once you graduate from college, you've had maybe three, four, five years of experience in a particular sports field and you're ready for a legitimate position within a sports institution. So that's pretty much where it came from just in regards to uh, creating these, uh, the Sports Industry Academy. And again, it's a one week program. Uh, this was before uh, the pandemic, right? So we would go to UC Santa Barbara, they would stay in the dorms and we would bring in individuals uh, from the world of sports. So they would uh, bring in an executive like a Damon Jones, who was a former general counsel for baseball and business operations for the Washington Nationals. We learned about contract negotiations, um, team operations, uh, public relations, um, sports marketing, so forth and so on. So it's a week full of just pretty much the business of sports and the students get so much out of it. Wow. I, you are speaking to my heart so much, Walter. I love that. Like, I, I wish that I could have you see the excitement going on inside me right now because I, and, and here's why I was, I was a high school teacher before I, you know, in, in a past life. And I used to do a senior seminar class where they had to go out and try to find an internship for a little while. And I did something that, that, wasn't common, which is I sat down and I said, what do you love? And now we know it by Ikigai, Sonia. But before that, we didn't really know what it was. This is 20 years ago. It was like, well, I like sports. I like architecture and I like computers. And so, hey, did you know that you can design football stadiums? Yes. No, I didn't know that. And so I, I, what gets me so excited, I literally, I can't tell you how many times a week I say, why are we keeping all of these jobs a secret to kids. Why don't we let them know in the film industry, in the, you don't have to be an actress. You can design the texture on water for a film. Like that's how detailed it is. Exactly, exactly. So we, yeah, I mean, one of the slides that I initially put up, especially towards, you know, when I go in and speak to maybe younger students, like junior high students is I put a, picture of like LeBron James up there. And I just put every job that is connected to this one individual from Nike, right? So he's a Nike spokesperson, he wears Nikes, but not only is it the executive that uh, negotiated the contract with his agent, which is another position, but the individual that engineered the actual shoe, you know, um, it gets that deep, you know. Um, the fashion designer that designed his clothes on draft day, um, you know, the, so the Sprite endorser, right? So the individual that negotiated the Sprite contract on the Sprite side of things, right? So there's sports marketing for corporations. So we just break it down to them and it's pretty hands-on, right? So um, they actually see in the Sports Industry Academy actual contracts of these Major League Baseball players they actually do a negotiation exercise. Um, so they get the real deal in terms of how to negotiate a multi-million dollar uh, sports marketing contract. So they get a lot of experience out of that. And one thing that I didn't mention is we bring in a good friend of mine, Elroy Pinks, to talk about college admissions. So there's plenty of uh, business of sports type of programs around the nation, but I think mine, um, 
you know, is pretty exclusive in the fact that we spend a whole day just to make sure that these students understand the college admissions process, right? So. I mean, can you imagine the empowerment and, and you know, it's like a lot of us parents will be like, oh, my teen, my senior doesn't know what he wants to do yet. And they're undeclared. Well, it's because how are they supposed to know when you say, oh, you should major in business? How does a teen know what that even means? Right. And this is just one opportunity within this. Well, I think I like sports. Well, let's dig deep. And then you have these very tangible examples of how, what business can mean to sports or, you know what, through this discovery, you're more on the creative side. And that clarity, that clarity is what teens and young people and college students too, like that's what they need to really then to start to form their path of what they want to do later on in their profession. So we need more of your programs, <laughs> copy and paste everywhere, you know? I think it's right. just such a valuable thing that you're providing. No, I appreciate that. I mean, as you mentioned, that's pretty much the story of my life, right? Just going through college, I was first in my, in my family to do so. Um, first generation, didn't really know what that meant. Went in as a business econ major and those econ classes kicked my butt. <laughs> um, so I went into something that I was more passionate about, political science and black studies, but I've always had that passion for sports as well. So graduating from UC Santa Barbara, again, having that narrow focus, I said, you know, I'm going to law school, which is great for sports, don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't my path. And it wasn't until I took a, went back home, took a sports marketing class through UC Berkeley's extension that just opened my eyes and said, you know what, this is what I want to do. And, you know, that's exactly what I did. I followed my path and realized that, you know, not only one was the business of sports and in particular baseball, my passion, but also education and getting kids to the next level. Awesome. I love this so much. I mean, as we bring this, as we bring this, I guess, to a close, a couple, I want to give a couple shout outs. First of all, Sonia, like this is why Sonia is so good at what she does with, with college admissions and working with students is because she knows amazing people like you. I'm sitting here and I'm going, holy smokes, what a dynamic duo. <laughs> so I appreciate that so much. And Walter, listening to you, gets me so excited because you have your finger truly on the pulse of what needs to happen from the whole child perspective, not just one perspective. And your goal is to find the right fit, not the cookie cutter fit. And what I hear from you this day, like loud and clear is parents and others, whoever is in a sphere of influence for children right now. And, and I mean, yes, we need to just take care of ourselves as well, but check on them, make sure that they're okay make sure especially these student athletes are getting an opportunity to talk about what they're feeling, hold space for that. If they need to be doing some workouts and something, but listen, listen to what's going on. If they are the athletes uh, of color as well, they're having another trauma going on. Don't ignore that. Don't ignore it and pretend that it doesn't exist. But really the biggest thing I get is communicate and hold space for that. And you are a tremendous resource for so many other, I can't wait to list these resources for parents. <laughs> yeah, no, you hit it right on the head. So, um, you know, some of the things that I would recommend or, you know, just definitely the communication aspect of it. And, you know, we hit that over and over again, but that's just how important it is for, the, for, for this time, right? So just to make sure that not only the parents, you know, this will help the parents, but also the students and the student athletes for sure. 
So Walter, just again, just so appreciative spending the time with us this morning. I think having someone who runs it, who, who founded a company based on the versatility, the innovative thinking, the compassion, it's, it's, it's a very unique talent. And um, I think I'm just feeling very honored that you spent the time here to share what your vision is. And I just, I know that Hillary and I feel that this, this is going to just explode because <laughs> we're copying and pasting. <laughs> and, Everywhere. Um, <laughs> and so um, everyone, thank you so much for joining us with Decided Heart Conversations. Um, more to come. So we'll see you next time. Thank you, Walter. Thank you. Appreciate it.